Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I am a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me to uh, talk more about an off-season of, well, not a whole lot, is another contributor at Niner Noise, Chris Wilson. Chris, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing as well as can be expected with all the turmoil about. <laughs> it's an interesting time, and yeah. it's an interesting time to be in my house all day long, where I could at least look at film and <laughs> write articles, which I should be doing a lot more of. Right, agreed. It's been pretty quiet in NFL land. Since the draft, uh, one kind of major thing that happened was the schedule release, although the schedule release was at the time sort of taken with a like, well, that's cool, but what if that doesn't happen kind of thing, which is you know always nice when you're <laughs> looking at an NFL schedule. Usually you're like, yeah, yeah this is the games we're going to get, but now it's kind of like, like, yeah, maybe this is the games we're, we're, we're going to get at the times we're going to get them in the places that we expected them to be played, things like that. But uh, pretty much all the NFL teams are taking part in either a virtual offseason or they're sort of letting players kind of do whatever it is that they need to do on their own. Some teams have sort of foregone the let's all meet together type of thing and just kind of like let players do the thing with, you know, whatever, do your thing, I guess. Doesn't really make for very exciting times uh, for fans and people like us who write about this as part of something that we do. But it does seem at this point that the league is uh, trending towards starting on time. Um, albeit at this particular moment, it, it kind of seems like empty stadiums are going to be the way that it will go. But who knows? Don't say it. I, I know. Who knows? It's it's sort of difficult to tell at this particular point. And I honestly didn't think that we'd get to a point where we'd be talking about opening up things like Disney World here in the next couple of weeks. But it's, it's in the conversation. So who knows? Um, so, uh, Chris, how are you uh, holding down the fort up where you are uh, with no news coming through in terms of football at this point? Oh, I'm holding it down. 
the Wilson household has been declared secure officially thanks to a recent restocking of N95 face masks and really expensive Merv 13 air filters. But as for the lack of news coming out of NFL land, which sounds like a magical place, I'm just glad that none of it's been 49ers related because it seems like all the football news we've received recently is people getting in trouble about stuff. So we want to stay away from that kind of news. But I've been watching a lot of film from last season because at least that does still exist. And doing some work with the uh, Scouting Academy and then helping my brother out with uh, some scheme film work for his transition from the high school basketball and baseball coaching world to his new job as a high school varsity football assistant coach. So it's actually been a lot of fun. Even though there is no football, football, (laughs) there's still always football for me to partake in. Well, that's good. I guess any football is better than no football at all, except for preseason football, of course, because that's the important discrepancy that we need to make. I'm only kidding. Um, Yeah, it's, (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of kidding. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, we're starting to see sports in other countries come back, and the conversations seem to be around maybe the NBA coming back, although the MLB uh, can't seem to get out of its own way long enough to actually figure out how to start their season. I'm fine with it, because if they don't play, then my Orioles can't lose. Who knows what's going on, but we press on at this particular point. So this week, and actually next week as well, we are going to uh, do something that we have not done before in the long storied history of this podcast, which hasn't even existed for a year yet. We are going to answer questions posed by you, our listeners. We got some some pretty interesting questions that we're going to be responding to. Um, we're going to give some takes and thoughts about some of those nice, thoughtful questions that you presented to us. With the off-season being as it is, and we're not really sure how long this version of the off-season is going to go on, but if we find there's not a whole lot going on, we'll continue to add mailbag episodes in the feed. So if you're sitting and you're listening to this episode and you're going, man, I really wish that I could be part of the fun, then feel free to send those uh, questions to either me or Chris or the Niner Noise Twitter account. All that is linked in the show notes or you can drop them in the comment section of the episode that you're listening to. You might be listening to it via NinerNoise.com. If you're doing that, drop us questions there as well. Yeah, and in addition to that, if anybody has questions during the week or in between games during the regular season or in the off season, feel free to drop those questions to us, and I'll do my best not to answer them on Twitter, but to keep them for future episodes here. But I'm not sure how well I'll do at that, but I will try. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Nice burn. Just don't say Taysom Hill and you should be able to handle that. Yeah, actually, it's good. If you talk about Taysom, then I'll talk about him like ad nauseum. But if you just talk about 49er stuff, I'll try to hold that stuff for the podcast. <laughs> Got to do it for the pod. For sure. So let me ask you another question before we launch into our listener questions. Um, would you prefer a shortened season with fans or a regular length season, but there's a good chance that there might not be fans during a, at least a large portion of the season. Yeah. What kind of question? Cruel. I think it would depend on the number of games. Let's say they say like eight games. So they're going to play oh, their... Dude, that'd be horrible. I know. I don't like it either. But, you know, it, there's only 16. So there's only so many I can cut, right? Uh, <laughs> um, so you'd think a shortened season would be somewhere between like eight and ten, right? Because you have to get at least six in because you have to get your division games in. Um, so they want to have 
those plus a couple more. So I think 10 would be the maximum number. So somewhere in that range, what would you what would you think? Would you prefer that with full stadiums or would would you want the full 16? It's a very, very difficult question. I don't know if I could deal with that small amount of football that it feels like back in the bad Niners years when I forced myself to watch <laughs> I agree. what was supposedly football, but was just one football team just beating up on another football team. So <laughs> can we like have a... A happy medium where maybe <laughs> some of the games maybe didn't, I, well I, I, I did didn't. say like I don't know maybe yeah yeah I mean I, I'd certainly take the 16 regardless of what yeah. the outcome was would I prefer that there be fans in the stadium absolutely does it make a lot of difference to me because I'm probably unlikely to go also true um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just being at a game it's just the experiences what I live my falls and winters for so a little tough to stomach, but if that's what's best for safety, etc., yeah. then let it be. But just make sure that there is football as much as possible, except for the preseason, like you said. I agree. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the questions that we got from some lovely people out there in uh, Niner Noise podcast listening land. Um, I just made that place up. It sounds really cool, though. And I want to apologize before we get started. We're going to be telling names of people who have sent these questions to us. And uh, as an educator, every time that I start with a new class, I always apologize at the beginning for possibly butchering names. And so I would like to do that for anybody who um, has included their name here. And I apologize if I can't read or pronounce names correctly. That's, that's, that's really on me, so I have to fix it. All right, so this one comes from uh, Juwan Hassan. He left this question on the uh, Niner Noise website, ninernoise.com. And the question reads like this. What would uh, need to happen for Jimmy G to win the MVP? Uh, if you recall, in his second full season under Shanahan, Matt Ryan won the MVP. And then there's sort of a secondary question. Do you think Garoppolo has a chance to ascend to the highest of the NFL elite Chris, there's two questions. What would need to happen for Jimmy G to win the MVP? And do you think he has a chance to ascend to the highest of the NFL elite? Yeah, we're coming out strong with, I believe it was Joan Hassan. Yeah. It's probably like a 4 out of 10 difficulty pronunciation. But I like him throwing two questions in there. It's, it's nice. Uh, it's nice. Nice move on his part. I like that. It's high level I would, stuff. I would, I would do the same, maybe like, do like seven or eight. But please don't do that. In order for Garoppolo to be the NFL's MVP in 2020, he would have to play at the same level he did at the end of 2017 when the 49ers first acquired him. And he magically turned one of the NFL's worst offenses into the league's top offensive unit over his five starts at end of the season, despite not knowing any of the playbook and running like four play concepts and the other teams knew it and they just couldn't stop him. So sort of have to revert to that form and he was held back by obviously by the playbook <laughs> and his numbers have increased since then you know, as he has grasped the playbook a little bit better yet somehow he's classified now as a game manager by a bunch of analysts who never watch him play if he plays at that level with the knowledge that he has now, I believe that's generally what it would take because he's going to need to have top-tier stats to overcome the media bias. So I looked at the odds on this, and Jimmy G's current odds are 50-1 to 1 to win the MVP. That's not actually too bad. I would have thought it was a lot higher, but 
Well, I wouldn't take those odds. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, no. And you can tell that they're high because you can compare them to quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield. Just guess. What's Baker Mayfield's? Uh, 25 to 1. I'm just guessing. Oh, wow. It's 50 to 1, which I thought was pretty crazy. Wait, so Baker has the same odds as Jimmy does? Yes. It is just as likely in Las Vegas that Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield will be the NFL MVP in 2020. And then we have Carson Wentz at 35 to 1. See, now that doesn't seem... That's not to finish the season. That's to... (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Eagles fans. I like you guys. That's, That's mean. That's mean. Except when you yell at me when I go to your stadium. I mean, he was probably going to win the MVP the year that they won the Super Bowl if he hadn't gotten hurt, just as a kind of a side comment. But, you know, neither here nor there. Yeah, was he a rookie that year? Was that his second year? That was his second year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so then he, he probably would have had a uh, pretty valid chance. But, yeah, when you got Nick Foles, I mean, you really don't need Carson Wentz. <laughs> all, all right, right. I, anyway get on to it right, so i got a question for you where would you rank garoppolo before answering the second question actually i'll, I'll talk a little bit more about the first question because i like to talk uh <laughs> where, where would you rank garoppolo among nfl quarterbacks right now this is a hot topic around the corner community yeah i mean he's definitely uh, there's 32 teams so i think he's definitely in that top like 15 probably the top 12 at least like if you assume that the top three or four are pretty well solidified with you know Mahomes and Jackson and Deshaun Watson and these sorts of things and then it starts to get muddy after that I'm I'm sure but I would definitely take him above a lot of starting quarterbacks in other places like Jared Goff for example or Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback in the NFL, for example. Like, so I'm I'm putting him right at right at the you know moving towards the top ten if he's not in it on his best days. A mustache, though. Yeah, I'm sort of with you. I am a Jimmy believer. Which some people don't like, but I am anyway. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think he's certainly in the top half, and he's bordering on. Top 10, depending on the game. Yeah. yeah. His biggest issue, which he's had in his entire career, although limited, is turning the ball over and throwing picks. And although a lot of those interceptions haven't been his fault, like Kendrick Bourne thinks a lot, just knocking the ball right up in the air. And, or I, maybe my favorite was the Rita pass where he just hit him in the hands and he just handed it to the defensive lineman and just like, here, take this. Yeah, good time. <laughs> Some have obviously been his fault. Some of these plays where I don't know what goes on through his head, whether he just decides he knows where the play is going before it's snapped and he's wrong <laughs> and it's a big six. So he needs to clear up some of those head-scratching, interceptable passes, which he throws at least once a game, if not more. Because Kittle is pretty good at defense. It's, you know, he does have more interceptions than he probably would if Kittle wasn't so aggressive playing defense. So to become MVP, Grappolo would probably need a true number one wide out to pair up with Kittle and the Niners cadre of wide outs who are sort of anywhere between potential 1As to much lower than that. <laughs> but you have a lot of 1A, 2s, potential good 3s. You know, they have a 
smorgasbord of whiteouts, <laughs> of small whiteouts. So if they could, if they can grab a hundred catch. 1,200-yard guy because those guys just grow on trees. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, then that would be, be great. And I think that he would be a real... Like, for example, you bring Julio Jones to this team or maybe like younger Julio or something like that. And then Grappolo you know, would suddenly be a serious MVP candidate just immediately. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Niners don't have a player like that right now, but they are hoping that one of the players that they have recently drafted, and they have drafted many, will become... A player like that, and even if you know they don't have a player like that, then maybe the combination of two players will you know be like a player and a half worth of, of Julio. Yeah. So yeah. The final point is, I think the biggest hurdle that Jimmy has would have to overcome to win the MVP is his head coach Shanahan, whose preference is obviously you know larger sets. Yes, a lot of play action out of those sets and a lot of big plays, and that's great. And you know, just he'd rather run the ball than pass the ball in general. And then he wants to go for the play action deep shots. So obviously, last year, a lot of the time it worked. So I'd sound pretty silly if I was complaining about that. <laughs> but Shanahan would have to allow the team to throw the ball in situations analytically when you should throw the ball, like second and 10, and they never run. Pass the ball in second and ten, and you should be always passing the ball in second and ten. And on early downs, like he did in Atlanta, and he passed the ball crazy on first down in Atlanta, and he was unbelievably successful. I don't know why he stopped doing it when he came to San Francisco. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And then he needs to stop forcing Garoppolo to bail him out on third downs on practically every drive because that's something that no one's noticed, and it really comes from play that doesn't work on first down you have a second and 10 and then wow you got three yards and then you're setting your quarterback up for a third and seven and he's probably not gonna convert but he's garoppolo so he does and no one really gives him credit for that yeah but he can't continue doing that forever because nobody can continue doing that forever so shanahan needs to put him in some better situations and he puts himself in some very good situations with his play designs which is obviously top tier if not the toppest of tiers, but he needs to stop forcing Garoppolo to make up for Shanahan's early down mistakes. So if he were able to do that, and I don't know if that's going to take Garoppolo just not being able to convert on third and long a couple of times, and then he's like, okay, maybe we should get some more yards on first and second down, <laughs> or if it's just going to be something that's more uh, organic. So those are all the many things that would have to happen. So <laughs> that's all. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I have a couple of additional thoughts. And, and it's interesting that you brought up the Shanahan thing. I looked a little bit at it because I, I, I had some suspicions about the differences between the 2016 Falcons and the 49ers of last year and then going into this year. And it seemed to me that the, the biggest defense is that the Falcons succeeded in spite of the fact that their defense was not very good. Um, if you just look at sort of general... And I know these are these are easy like counting stat type things and don't necessarily tell the whole story. But they were 27th in the league in points allowed in 2016 and 25th in yards allowed. But they still managed an 11 and five record and went to the Super Bowl and were a sort of implosion away from from winning the whole thing that year. So it's interesting that if you look at the 2019 49ers, they were eighth in points allowed on defense and second in yards allowed. Again, that doesn't tell us everything. There's a whole lot more 
to tell us about sort of underlying numbers on defense and analytics and all that kind of stuff. But but I think it does tell a little bit about why the Falcons might have been more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and yet their point differential was actually less than the 49ers. They had a point differential of 134. Uh, the 49ers in, in 2019 were plus 169 um, in spite of that. Um, now, they did score like the second most amount of points in the, in the league in 2016, the Falcons did. Um, so that brings up kind of one bit of point is that there's a very, there was a very specific sort of way that Ryan's season sort of came to be what it was. And that was that a lot was asked of him. And in fact, they actually ran the ball less in 2016 with the Falcons than they did with the 49ers last year as well. So that kind of plays into it as well. Um, so again, you kind of talked about it, like a lot of things that might have to happen I, in a very sort of specific way in order for Jimmy to be in the conversation, he would need to be right around where Matt Ryan was in that season. Matt Ryan threw for 4,944 yards uh, with an almost 70% completion percentage, 38 touchdowns and seven interceptions, um, which for Garoppolo, by the way, would mean throwing for about another thousand yards, uh, 10 or more touchdowns. He was at 27 last year, so 10, probably 10 or 12 more touchdowns would get him right in that neighborhood. And then lower the interception numbers. He had 13 uh, actual interceptions last year, and Ryan was at seven. But my problem is is that I don't think even if, like, let's say Garoppolo threw 5,000 yards um, and 40 touchdowns and, you know, 10 interceptions, because he's a little bit more, I think, risk-averse than Ryan is. I'm not sure that he's ever going to be the sort of flashy player that's going to get MVP votes over someone like Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. I think... East Coast bias is a real thing, even in, in our time. <laughs> uh, all you have to do is look at the most improved player in the Coach of the Year awards from last year to tell you that that is a real thing that exists. Um, <laughs> not, not saying that either of those two award winners did not uh, deserve the victory in one way or another, but you know the West Coast, being on the West Coast and that being a problem is a thing. But to me, what would actually have to happen is Grappolo would need to put up Matt Ryan-like numbers, plus he would have to see Mahomes and Jackson and those sort of flashier players, maybe somebody like Deshaun Watson, um, to kind of have a down year where they're not like the big on-top-of-the-world type of players. But to answer the second question in, in conjunction with that, I think if he's able to do that, if he has a Matt Ryan-like season, even if he doesn't win the MVP, um, I think at that point he'd firmly places himself in the in the top 10 of quarterbacks in the NFL and probably pushing the top five to eight quarterbacks entering the 2021 season. So those are my thoughts. Thank you uh, for that question. You know, the reason why the, and I've studied this extensively and written about it a lot on 49ers web zone. Sorry, not interest, but flip yours again with that. <laughs> and uh, the real reason why you know, Ryan was so good is because he was so good passing the ball on first down. So he had 9.25 or 9.26 yards per attempt, I believe, which was a yard higher than every other quarterback in the league. And his numbers on first down were like crazy. And it was to every one of the position groups. So he led the league in YPA on passes to wide receivers, tight ends, which were actually equal tight ends and wide receivers. And they didn't really have the tight ends that we do, as well as running backs. And his average yards per attempt to all of those three position groups were all over 10 yards. Wow. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. And I'm sure that teams have 
worked on defending that. But at the same time, it's like that is a winning strategy and it has disappeared from the way that the Niners play the majority of the time. And sometimes it brings it back, but not enough. Another thing is that the Falcons under Shanahan were not very good with executing on the ground on later downs. So I think because of that, teams weren't really worried about the run game on later downs. So Shanahan knew he needed to get those first downs on first and second down so they didn't get to third down, which is actually a pretty good strategy. And that combined with the fact that he had the most explosive passing game in football and mostly because of the heavy personnel where you're matching up not necessarily guys who are half as good as Kittle, but you're matching up you know guys with a decent speed against linebackers and play action and deep passes. And that's how you get to have one of the best offenses in the NFL in a way that you would not expect an offense from a personnel standpoint to put up numbers like that. Right. So I thought he was going to do the same thing when he came to San Francisco. It really made sense for him to do so. He hasn't. I don't know why. Maybe it's because defenses are better prepared for that kind of thing. But I don't know. I've seen a lot of plays where kills just run free, you know, you know, just like nobody covering him. And I'm like, wow, we should probably call a place like this more often. So on to the next one. Good stuff. All right. So now we have a question. This one came from Twitter from a fellow named Aaron Wilson. Aaron Wilson. Chris, Chris do, you know, do you know this guy? Hmm. Have you heard of him before? I don't know. Sounds familiar. Oh. Well, seems interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty normal name. So, you know, maybe maybe it's just a just a coincidence. It's not the guy who uh, covers the Texans who used to cover the Ravens, right? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. All right. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, Aaron wants to know a little bit about the 49ers undrafted free agent class. Um, and just a very simple question. Which of the undrafted free agents has the best chance to uh, make the roster? Chris, what do you think? I, mean, I would call it simple. It's just succinct and to the point. You know? Yes. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. Not that I'm defending him because like, I know him or anything. <laughs> well, Aaron, that is a fantastic question. And it's not simple at all. And it's almost like we're brothers from the same mother. So <laughs> I'm going to choose Joe Michael. Tell me, mm-hmm. please tell me that's how. I believe that's it. correct. Yeah, and yeah. I, I know that's how he pronounces it. I just don't understand why it's spelled that way. Hasty from Baylor, and he is a running back, and he is a running back on a team that Shanahan coaches, and he's undrafted. So guess what? He's making the team. And it's like, right? I mean, come on. I think that seems reasonable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't drafted because basically he's small <laughs> and he doesn't have breakaway speed. So you might think this is a bad thing, and it is. <laughs> but he definitely does have an overall lack of size, uh, you know, height, <laughs> for sure. Maybe he's one of those guys you can't find who's half the size of his office lineman, so maybe that'll work out for him. And he doesn't have poor speed, but he has what they estimate to be more like four or five something-ish speed, but that's fast enough for a running back. Maybe not one three to ask that you expected, you know, be the fastest guy in the NFL, but whatever. And he also comes with a lot of positives. So he, he's extremely quick, extremely explosive. He has great change of direction and he's very good at negotiating in small areas which are all things that you need as a running back, not necessarily a breakaway running back and not necessarily a 
goal line running back because he is neither. And he's also a surprisingly good receiver out of the backfield. So he checks a lot of the boxes that Shanahan wants from a running back. And he would be a perfect replacement for Tevin Coleman if he was just a little bit faster. So just saying. <laughs> and, and like five inches taller. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jamichael. That's, that's cruel. Yeah. yeah. I don't care how short you are. I'm kidding. A little bit of Coleman. I mean, hit him in the hands. He's probably going to drop it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, this year will probably be Coleman's year where he like brings yeah, he's it back. He's for a thousand yards, guys. Just book his land days, and he's going to be cashing like everything, like a one-handed, and like you know, just like he used to be. Eighteen hundred all-purpose yards confirmed for Tevin Coleman in two thousand twenty. <laughs> and I didn't look up the MVP odds for him, but maybe I should have. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Uh, yeah. So um, for me, I'm definitely in, in agreement with you about. That, there's a pretty good chance that one of these, how many are there, where there's like eight or nine guys, is making the final roster because I'm pretty sure that an undrafted free agent has made the roster every single year that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been a part of the 49ers, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, either the initial roster or stashed and then called up right away. Yep. So every year they've kept every wide receiver they drafted had multiple rookie receivers make the roster and kept the new undrafted running back. It's pretty crazy. I don't know if it's been a running back every time, but Aziz Alshair made the team last year as a special teamer and linebacker, and he was undrafted, I believe. So Yeah, he was, and Wilson Jr. went undrafted the year before, not last year. So 49ers running back room was jam-packed full of undrafted running backs just... No true rookies. <laughs> For sure. You have to give the edge to running backs, um, either Salvin Ahmed out of Washington or Jamichael Hasty, who you mentioned, who's out of Baylor. I think both of them also got hit by the whole no pro day thing during the draft process, which is usually good for guys like that who are, you know, not necessarily small school guys, but they're maybe players who don't have all of the traits that you're looking for. Um, so they're, they're not height, weight, speed guys, 100%, but they might have a skill set that they're good at, but they might be missing one of those things. Um, I think it's <laughs> height is, in both cases is not great. Height supremacy. Yeah, looking for one of those guys to make the roster, and I agree with you that um, slight edge to, to Hasty in this particular case. Outside of that, a couple of names to pay attention to from that list. Um, you have Chris Finke. I think I'm saying that right, or it could be just be Fink with an E. Um, out of Notre Dame, he is a slot receiver, very much in the Trent Taylor mode. Um, I believe his nickname was the Slippery Fox um, at Notre Dame, so... There you go. Yeah, we got to fix that. He could be a guy that if Trent Taylor can't get himself back right, could uh, find himself the beneficiary of not having Taylor on the roster and could find himself on the team. Uh, then we have cornerbacks uh, Demarcus Acey out of uh, Mississippi and defensive back Jared Maiden out of Alabama, who is a pretty versatile guy who actually played, I think, all four um, of your major uh, defensive back positions when he was at Alabama. And so it could be a guy that you could sort of like fill multiple holes with one person type of thing, uh, which could be really useful on a team like that. So those are, those are some names to pay attention to um, as we head into the offseason and uh, thinking about undrafted guys. Definitely never count out a cornerback or defensive back because they could always make a splash and, you know, E-man their way onto roster and be a good contributor. And yeah, touched on Maiden's versatility. 
coming from Alabama, I'm sure you can play all the secondary positions, probably some linebacker, maybe defensive end, <laughs> wide receiver in a pinch. Just put him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just every position on the field. <laughs> maybe like a good version of, of Taysom Hill. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we should just take him just because of that. That's that's rough. The one thing that I was very confused how I was talking to you about this earlier is the combine slash pro day numbers for Ahmed. Because just looking at his highlights, and I'm like, geez, he's changed the direction. It's crazy. And I can move and... I think there's something like a 0.3 difference in his 40 time. It was, was that 4.63 compared to a 4.33? I mean, it was something like a wild like that. And you're like, well, what? Like, <laughs> I mean, I know how to <laughs> be late, click on my stopwatch, but like that's rather extreme. Yeah, that's a lot. If he's a 4.6 guy, then he has no future in the NFL because there's just no place for him. But he doesn't look like a 4.6 guy at all. He looks... I don't know necessarily like a four or three guy, but he looks like a real shifty guy who, again, probably isn't going to be a goal line guy, but is able to work in tight spaces and has moves on moves and good acceleration. So I didn't want to name him just because I'm sort of scared of him. Not from any perspective other than I don't really know if he's fast or not. <laughs> he looks fast on the field, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad day, or you know, who knows? Maybe an injury. So that's the only reason I went over went you know hasty, and also because he has a fun first name for you to try to pronounce. And his last name is really a good name for a running back too. He's hasty. I like it. I like it. Yeah, bring it on. It took five minutes for this guy to go from super weak bubble to he's basically a lock. Just make his jersey now. I think we should cut Debo. Shh, 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 shh. Watch it now. Then couple other guys and throw him in there <laughs> <laughs> let's chris let's go ahead and move on to the next question so we do have one more question to close out this episode we have time for one more Are you ready this is the hard-hitting stuff i don't know gotta get my head in the game here this comes from our fearless leader at uh ninernoise.com peter Penancy, and he asked this really important question are you ready for this chris i don't know um i haven't really done research to the appropriate level for a question from peter jobs in line Trying to pass out of here. You got this. You got this. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. Is give it to me. Is a hot dog a sandwich? All right. First off, <laughs> Peter Pansy is a 49ers journalism legend. <laughs> and he's our boss. <laughs> so true. This is what he gives us. This is what we hate. So we will include this question and answer under the assumption that it has something to do with Andy Reid. Because why else would anyone like ask that question? Is <laughs> so maybe Peter, your excellence. <laughs> I'm sure by now he's turned it off. <laughs> Unfortunately, hot dog may not be real meat, but it is a sandwich, provided you put it in a roll or a bun. So, I believe all the major American dictionaries also define it as such. <laughs> Although you're the one who's a college English. You are an English professor, right? Um, yeah, technically, yeah. As well as like 18 degrees. And like yeah. some I never knew you could get degrees in. So you might know that better than I do. I and mean, I've never looked up hot dog in the dictionary, but... Isn't that what you and your colleagues do in your spare time? Yeah. You're the established authority, so I will ask you one more question, which is just one of my other pet peeves. For sure. Not like Taysom Hill level, but like a couple of levels are. <laughs> All right. I'm a little bitter that they changed the definition of literally because... Everybody uses it incorrectly. So often. Correct. Correct. Yes. 
So we're tripping on that. I didn't know that they changed the definition of the word literally. I've never used that word incorrectly. Um, so Sounds so laissez-faire. I don't know. You need to yeah. do something about People this. People stop using it incorrectly. See, that's all I wanted. Now, now I have to call my congressman because this little dictionary lobby is getting out of control. <sighs> anyway, so a hot dog is a sandwich. Because they're willing to do that, you take it what it's worth. But yes. Yes, Peter. Yes. A hot dog is a sandwich, unfortunately. And with that, we're done. I think I heard you say it in the middle of our English lecture, but your final answer is? Yes, yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. That's it? Yes. Well, you did answer it, so. You know, that is what makes for a good podcast. The host's undeniable synergy. One, clear to the point. The other one, talking and talking and talking. When it comes together, it's just a beautiful thing. Take us out, man. Well, we want to thank you for listening to the Niner Noise podcast. It's good to know that people are listening out there and uh, good to interact with you. As always, thanks for listening to the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform and please subscribe, rate, and uh, leave us a nice review and share the uh, podcast with all your Ford Niner fan friends. But until then, we will see you next time, Niner fans. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.